It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. I prepared a script. Again, liberally interrupt me, comment, whatever, because you know this is very unscholarly. It's just conversation starters. I love this. And it's just more organized thought of conversation starters, because if we were talking on the phone, I'd probably give you a much more disjointed <laughs> recollection of what I read. We'd be talking about this, and we would end up yeah. talking about our favorite ice cream flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that the glamour of Hollywood can't save everyone touched by it from a tragic life. That was certainly the case for movie star and Hollywood royalty Jane Fonda, who rad- radically lost her mom when she took her own life at the mere age of 42. So she was two years older than me. Jane was the daughter of Frances Ford Seymour, who herself was the second wife of actor Henry Fonda. She was born in Ontario. She was the daughter of Eugene and Milford Ford Seymour. And her own life was fraught with complications. And her medical records even noted that she suffered from sexual abuse as a child. And the reason why that even came out is because Jane finally tracked down her mom's medical records to kind of know who her mom was. She didn't have an idea. No. She just saw her mom being like mentally ill you know, untreated, unmedicated properly. So she didn't understand her childhood. So she was also married twice, having a child with her first husband. And she had Jane and her brother when she married Henry Fonda. And the pair met while filming a movie called Wings of the Morning. But their marriage would, mm. and would be very troubled. Jane had said the death of her mom turned out to be one of the most defining moments of her life. She was only 12 years old when her mom passed away. So sad. Oh, it's, God, it's terrible. Her father didn't bother to tell her or her brother exactly what had happened until they found out nearly, like, years later. He had just told his children his wife died of a heart attack. Jane's mother had struggled with her mental health for years right up until that point she took her own life. Jane herself said that Frances was a very complicated woman, although she was also very beautiful. She said her mom always seemed to be ill. Jane said that she and Frances would sit together in the living room, and when she would hold her hand, she would notice that her mom's hand was trembling. So her mother wouldn't feel bad. Jane would make her own hand tremble, too. That's sad. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Henry Fonda and Francis had a difficult marriage, and it's been suspected they may have been interested in another woman at the time of his wife's death. In August of 49, Mm. Henry announced to his wife, Francis, that he wanted to seek a divorce so he could get remarried. Uh, because they had been married 13 years. So they, he was like, I'm not, I, I haven't been happy. Yeah. Francis, a delicate woman by nature, was devastated by this news. And she had been plagued by emotional problems already for years up to that point. Yeah, I'm sure. Her father left to go to a Broadway play to perform. And Jane, her brother, and her mother went to live in Connecticut. Jane noted that this was the point where her mother's mental health really took a turn for the worse. Jane and her brother were both not aware that her father had asked their mother for this divorce because he had fallen in love with the stage manager's 19-year-old sister. This is just all around horrible. Isn't it? Jane recalled sitting at the dinner table watching tears pour down her mother's face during this time, and she had no idea why. And not long after, she was admitted to the hospital. So she was admitted in Austin Riggs Psychiatric Hospital in January 1950 for treatment. You can really see where she probably draws upon for her acting roles. I mean, not to sound cheesy, but really, when you have a depth of history like this. Oh, completely. Somehow, Frances convinced the staff of the hospital that she was well enough to come home in August, and she was brought home with a nurse. She was home for a total of 10 days, and when Jane was asked to come downstairs and see her mother, 
the 12-year-old simply didn't do it. This time would be one of the last times she would see her mother alive. Frances managed to sneak out a razor, and a few days after her 42nd birthday, she took her life by slitting her own throat at Craig House, a sanatorium in Beacon, New York. I mean, you can only imagine just the desperation she must have felt to take that route. Henry Fonda told his children their mother died of a heart attack and arranged a quick and private funeral for his wife. Not long after, in 1950, Henry Fonda married Susan Blanchard, the woman with whom he'd been having an affair since 1948. She was 21 years old at the time of their marriage. They were only married for three years. Oh, God, 21. Wow. Daddy issues. Yeah. Jane was packed up and sent off to boarding school by her father at the age of 12, and her brother was 10. That breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, our kids are basically this age. Can you imagine just being like, oh, I'm your mother died or your father died. I married someone new and off you go. No, in England, they a lot of them send their kids away at eight. I can't. My kids don't even want to go to school by themselves. There was a whole generation at the at the age of eight that they would send them away. So sad. While she was there at boarding school, she discovered how her mother had actually died. It had been published in a movie magazine. This would lead to Jane struggling with some of her own personal demons, including her own struggles with eating disorders. You can see that because eating disorders, they say it's really not about the food, it's about the control, right? So this was like the one aspect of her life she could control. I know. It's so sad to me. Her tenuous relationship with her father only made the matters worse. It was suspected that some of the kinds of things he said about his daughter, he may have also said about his wife... So Jane suspected. Jane herself went on to struggle in failed relationships and a long and illustrious career of her own. She worked hard, but she also abused drugs herself. She worked in political activism for a long time, but eventually returned to movies and made a name for herself in the fitness industry. Years later, she decided to look into the life of her mother when she was writing her own memoirs. I'm impressed she was able to get her mom's medical records. Yeah, I wonder how that is if it's just a like a time limitation because i know that's the case when i've tried to get uh like death certificates birth certificates at least in the city of chicago they have to be a certain number of years out like 50 years out or something like that so maybe that's why yeah that's a good point she was able to get a hold of her mother's medical records and learn that she suffered from bipolar disorder and she also found a copy of an autobiography that her mother had been asked to write that's interesting This gave Jane new insights into the life that her mother had lived and other struggles that Frances had that were not her children's fault. Peter recalled in later years of his mother's death, When I walked toward my family, they told me to go through the closed doors and into the living room. I opened the doors and saw Jane, Grandma, and Dad sitting on the couches. Jane was on Dad's lap. I went to Grandma and she told me Mother had died of a heart attack in a hospital. After that, no one ever talked about Mom. No one seemed to miss her. It was almost as if she never lived. Oh my God, that was like a gut punch. Jane and I never went to a funeral or a service for her. I don't even know where she was buried. Oh my God. Isn't that terrible? I look at Henry Fonda now as as an asshole. Oh yeah. God, I mean to not even... They were all narcissistic, selfish, self-absorbed. Yeah. I can't even blame it all on that time. Like, at least let your kids know. I was going to say, some of it I can see the time just not knowing better to get your kids therapy and all that. But just to not acknowledge it or be truthful or even sympathetic. Oh, that's terrible. And just to have, like, no one missed her. No one talked about her. And here she has these two incredible kids. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Poor Jane. 
even though I know you don't and like Peter. her. <laughs> and Peter, no, I feel bad for her on this part because at Christmas time that year, Peter filled a chair with presents and a letter and letters for her that went unopened. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, what a sweetheart! But I'm always really surprised that that Craig's house now is abandoned and people wonder if there's ghosts there. It's really creepy. If you go to like Atlas Obscura, there's pictures out there of it. There's got to be some major energy still hanging in there. Because Zelda went there before her death in North Carolina. I know that. And then, like I said, I think Rosemary Kennedy was there too. But there's pictures online of it at Atlas Obscura. If you look up New York, it it will come up. And um, it has just really... Yeah, I just feel it by looking at the photos. Anytime, though, you look at those mental hospitals, because there was a few up there, and it's right in the Hudson Valley, right outside of New York City. There's a few that they would have there because it was so close to the city, and a lot of the people that had money would send their relatives up there. I told you about how I had that girl's home right around the corner of me where the women would go and give birth, and they you could tell they had money. The place was gorgeous, but you'd see them walking all pregnant. <laughs> Like, there's something in the water over here. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't understand it. I didn't know why there was all these pregnant women walking together. And I really didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like a little flock of like birds. I didn't know. Thanks for coming on. So what do you have? What show are you covering next? I just feel like you're in this revolving door of 90 Day Fiance. I can't even get all the show straight anymore. Oh, Yes. Same. Yeah, 90 Day Fiance, Love After Lockup, Married at First Sight, Unexpected. And I've been binging the first few episodes. You and the Colonel have to get in on this. It's 60 Days in Narco Land. So they have put plants in the community to kind of see where the drug cartels are working. It's pretty cool. I'll get them into that. Do you think on the Married at First Sight, do you think Iris and what's his name is going to stay together? No way he's so not into her i think if they ever stay together it was just because he wouldn't want to make her feel dumb on tv and do it afterwards yeah exactly because he's such a gentleman he's too nice of a guy yeah he's such a gentleman but i can't see where they have like a married life together Uh uh-uh she's too immature i mean physical it's not all about physical but i just don't even see the emotional intimacy it's like living with a roommate i feel like with her you know she's an overgrown teenager basically she's been too overindulged I got kind of like annoyed with her about the lemonade story. Oh, God. And I know that you agreed with her about putting the suitcase on the bed. But I, I just don't think I would be upset if I had a bunch of people at my house. I you want you to. over. And they're Come used on. to coming over all the time. I would be like, please help yourself because it's less I have to do for you. I got other stuff to do than to entertain you. And even if I had some sort of special lemonade or drink that I didn't want people drinking, if they're going to drink it, I might bitch about it later. When everyone's gone, like, oh, my God, you see him go in there. But I would not call them out in the kitchen. No, that and it's lemonade. Rude. You can go out and get new exactly. lemonade. It's the problem is that she was an only child and she didn't. her parents didn't yep. make her share. Yeah, it sounds as if someone opened some vintage cognac or something, you know. Exactly. No, it's crazy. Exactly. It's like, get, get over yourself. When life gives you Iris's lemonade, don't drink it. <laughs> My family was falling apart. My mother at that time was in and out of mental institutions. And my father was, was, um, was seeing another woman um, just a little bit older than me, um, seven years older than me. And my mother is in the background looking sh- sort of stricken and 
It just makes me so sad. When I wrote my memoir, I dedicated it to my mother, who killed herself when I was 12, um, because I knew that if I did dedicate it to her, rather than sweep her under the rug, I would be forced to really try to figure her out. I never really knew her, because she, she suffered from, well, they called it manic depression in those days. Now we say bipolarity. Um, and you actually found, you got her medical records. I got her medical yeah. records. And so writing my memoir, which took me five years, which I later discovered psychologists called doing a life review, and they advocated for people who are suffering from depression or, or just older. What it does when you go back and review your life, but really dig in, not just then I did this and then I did that, but really, who were my parents? And it, it necessitates sometimes getting those photographs and literally looking at them with a magnifying yeah. glass and trying to understand what they mean. And then who were their parents, your grandparents? Why were they the way they were? How did they raise my parents? Why did... And when you can, through that kind of research, it's almost like being an archaeologist, you, if you can come to answers, which I was able to do, you end up being able to say, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. It wasn't that I wasn't lovable. They had issues. And the minute you know that, you can feel tremendous empathy for them. And you can forgive. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. <laughs> I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie 
Misdeeds or Intrigue podcast or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.